Hello, and welcome to the Mobile User Acquisition Show, a podcast to help you unlock tremendous growth for your app. My name is Shamant Rao. I'm the CEO of the boutique growth marketing firm, Rocketship HQ, and host of the podcast, Mobile User Acquisition Show. In each episode, we feature experts in the field of mobile growth and discuss strategies, tips, and pointers from the leading edge of mobile growth marketing. By the end of each episode, you will have gained actionable and tactical insights that will help you make more informed decisions in your own work around growth. The Mobile User Acquisition Show is produced by Meryl Vincent, Content Marketing Manager at Rocketship HQ. Our guest today is Andre Kempe, CEO at Admiral Media, a performance marketing agency, and Admiral Studios, the creators of WalletAds.io, a Web3 advertising platform. In today's episode, we talk to Andre about strategies for marketing in the Web3 world. We discuss Web3-specific channels, challenges and pitfalls, about NFT projects that Andre worked on, and also what the future holds for marketing in Web3. For a peek into what the future holds for all of us, or indeed the part of the future that's already here, please definitely check out this episode. I'm very excited to welcome Andre Kampe to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Andre, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Samant. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm excited to have you because certainly we're going to talk about something that's very much emerging and changing. And uh, you worked on an NFT project that was sold out. And uh, you certainly have a lot of experience working with the whole big bad world of crypto and uh, Web3 ads, uh, which is certainly something that I'm very curious about. And I know very many people are curious about. And I'm excited to hear your perspectives from within the trenches. And uh, let's dive in right now. Right. Uh, you know, with Web3, there are mainstream trading products like, let's just say, Binance, Coinbase, et cetera, which are kind of known to the masses, if you will. There are also Web3 specific products like NFTs. So even in your work with marketing Web3 or NF Web3 products, how does the type of product impact the kind of channels that you tend to use? Um... Maybe to give a little bit of background. So where I'm coming from is digital advertising, right? So we basically um, promote many different products on uh, Facebook, Google, Snapchat, TikTok, and so on. Um, when it comes to e-commerce, when it comes to apps, when it comes to lead generation campaigns for B2B products, whatever. Um, at some point, um, an old colleague of mine reached out and asked me to help him with some NFT collection. Um, I was completely new in that space. I didn't know what that is. I understood, okay, it's digital goods. Um, there's a purchase process in some way that is a little bit different from when I buy shoes from Adidas or something. Um, but it's still an online uh, experience for the user uh, where you have to kind of enter your payment details or whatever. And there must be some way of tracking uh, conversion success, right? So there must be a way to promote this on the standard uh, channels that we were used to. Now, the thing is, um, in Web3, apparently the audiences work, or they do not work differently, but they um, interpret advertising uh, different, right? They want to distinguish themselves from the classic Web2 
world, um, being in the Web3 metaverse kind of world. And this also means they basically hate classic advertising. At least yeah. this is what you read and hear from the Web3 consultants or when you talk to the crypto nerds and so on. Um, they try to avoid classic channels. They try to not use, um, let's say, uh, Facebook, but are very heavy on Discord as a communication channel and so on. So they try to find different uh, tools and mechanics to interact with each other. Um, and this affects uh, your classic marketing strategy very much. When it comes to, let's say, the Coinbase's uh, and all those crypto trading uh, apps, let's say, of course, you can still advertise them on TikTok, on Facebook, on Snapchat, um, and you will have success with that. Um, nevertheless, this is trying to hit the masses, right? But NFTs are rather still a small niche market. Um, there's only a couple of thousand people that really own a bored ape NFT, for example. It's, we are not talking about millions of people. Um, and here, the basic understanding of the audience is that you have to build a community this is what everyone tells you you have to interact with the community you have to have a discord channel you have to build this up you have to reach out to the um, thought leaders in web3 and so on so this is basically something we started with we reached out to twitter influencers we reached out to discord channels we tried to partner up with uh, web3 blocks and so on um, with sure. very little success um, actually um, the, the opposite let's say we um, lost a bit of money here then we basically tried to apply our base understanding of digital advertising and started twitter and reddit ads um, and this to my surprise worked really well um, we sold out the nft collection of my friend um, within let's say two or three weeks Wow. And we basically stopped doing anything else on Discord and so on, uh, but only advertised on Twitter. So we yeah. made like, we did spend maybe two, three hundred thousand in the end uh, within this sure. time frame and sold out for, at that time, Ethereum value was like in, in uh, euros, maybe around a million euros. So cool. very profitable. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Right. And with the channels like Discord or Twitter or some of the other channels, it can be much more palatable to the crypto nerds so like we don't like traditional advertising right uh and i know you talked about crypto influencers twitter and some other channels so obviously a lot of these channels are very new what are some of the big challenges with using them because i know and understand you had some horror stories about using some of these channels what have been some of the more challenging experiences with these yeah, I think the problem is um, identifying the people behind certain accounts, right? So um, you don't know with whom you are talking. Um, there's a lot of anonymity in that space. Um, maybe also because, um, hey, we are with three, we are all just living with our avatar uh, world style, let's say, but maybe also for other reasons, who knows? Point is, um, when you run a business um, and you have to uh, make a proper accounting for a million dollar revenues um, and you want to invest 20,000 in an influencer, you want to have invoices and these kind of things, right? So you want to know with whom you are dealing and you want to have kind of a guarantee that this person is really promoting you and so on. So th this is where it really gets a little bit uh, challenging in the Web3 space. And here we learned it the hard way. We lost money. We transferred 
quite a bit of uh, prepayments to popular uh, Twitter accounts, to popular Discord channels, whatever. Um, and they just didn't do the job or just disappeared. Oh, wow. That's scary, right? Yeah, but uh, again, that's part of the challenge with you know starting in a space that's very new just now, right? And I believe you also work with some influencers, but you also work with channels that are specific to Web3. Uh, I recollect you had some specific challenges with the channels. Is that something you're able to share about? Yes, absolutely. Um, when you jump on the regular advertising route, let's say, and you try to promote any crypto product, there's a lot of regulation on the channels already, right? TikTok doesn't allow crypto. Facebook allows only certain types of uh, crypto products. Um, when it's about investing, when it's about earning money, these kind of things, um, you don't get any approval from any channel um, that easily and so on. So um, you may be able to start some campaigns and invest $100 in advertising or something, but at some point they just block you and you can't uh, promote your products in no chance. So here you have to have uh, really good relationships to the channels, uh, first of all, and you need to get around those blockers by either getting allow listed on those platforms, um, which also very often means you need to adjust your landing pages, you need to adjust maybe even the mechanics of your product um, or the mechanics of the purchase um, of your NFT or whatever. So there's a lot of things you have to um, adjust um, to, make the advertising channels happy, let's say, and feel comfortable that they promote your product. Certainly, certainly, right. And also given how hard it is to get hold of a human in some of these platforms, it just makes it even harder to get through some of these approvals, I would imagine, right? Yeah, uh, I know you mentioned uh, the NFT project you worked on that was sold out within a couple of weeks. Can you uh, tell us more about the nature of this particular project? And what do you think were the big reasons why it was possible to sell out this NFT project completely? Well, I think one reason of success is certainly the time because this collection went live um, before the entire crypto market crashed, right? Uh, meaning also NFTs were at the peak uh, at the time, right? So everyone wanted to get into it. Everyone wanted to have an NFT when you we're dealing with crypto in any type of form. So it was relatively easy to launch a random product or a random NFT collection and have some success with it if you at least understand the fundamentals of marketing, let's say. The other part here was certainly also the design of the NFT collection. This was really outstanding from my perspective, uh, but that's certainly something people have to like it or not. Um, plus the roadmap that they presented, like what they have planned to build on top of just the uh, avatars, let's say, sure. certain game mechanics, uh, certain tradable um, additional items that they wanted to release and so on. Sure. Yeah, right. And you guys did promote this NFT project via ads. So can you talk through what the messaging looked like for these particular ads? Uh, and, you know, I asked this also for my own curiosity and that of other people, because generally, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to understand what kind of value propositions were focused on and what the results were. How did you measure the results? What were the performance like? Mm -hmm. Well, the 
messaging is certainly for all crypto products very different from when you promote any other digital product or uh, real product. We had to learn the language in, in fact. Um, I didn't know what WAGME means or where I should put it on an ad or whatsoever, right? Uh, WAGME, for those who don't know, we all gonna make it. <laughs> um, we had to learn those acronyms, some terms, um, how the raffles work, uh, that the raffles are in fact a huge mechanic uh, in that space, or at least at the time, um, and so on. So we had to apply our messaging um, here very much to the, let's say, uh, crypto natives language. Um, so this was uh, quite challenging, but it turned out we were able to do so and uh, learn a lot in, in the process. Um, and when it comes to uh, value proposition, I believe there's a combination of things here. First of all, the value proposition very often is the project itself, meaning um, what is the roadmap? What have they planned on top of just the avatars, what I just mentioned, right? Will they develop a game? Um, will there be something uh, like merchandise that I can purchase to show off things, whatever? There are certain things you can do on top of just having an avatar. The board apes are certainly one of the outstanding ones with their uh, game that they have released, which was also extremely successful, by the way. Um, and here, when the roadmap sounds good, when the team sounds good, when there's a good um, community management in some way at the time, it seems that people understood, okay, this will have some value at some point, right? And in yeah. that moment, when certain amount of people or their uh, beliefs there is a value behind, they will start wanting it because they might get a gain from trading it later, right? And this is where value proposition really starts at the end in that space. Yeah, definitely, right? And they're investing in whatever that is going to come down the road, uh, right? And that's a big part of why people are buying the NFTs, right? Yeah. And I know the NFT project you guys promoted was really when crypto was at its, when, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, a lot of the crypto prices were close to their peak or at their peak. Obviously, now it's a different time, right? So I understand the NFT project you promoted and sold out was close to the peak market. So how does the marketing and the results of an NFT project change and how do the strategies change for peak crypto projects versus not peak crypto project or crypto winter projects? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is a general market dynamic that is happening, right? So when there's less demand for a product, um, also the providers will be cut out at some point, right? Because they recognize it's not profitable anymore. It's getting too tough. Maybe I can make more money with a more easy business, these kind of things. So this will level out uh, naturally at some point. Um, but there's, of course, a time when there's so much um, provided, but so little demand. Um, or so much supply and so little demand that you will have to find your special way of promoting your product, right? And I believe here um, it's very much having a long breath, like just holding out and knowing exactly where you want to put your few dollars that you may have for advertising. Um, other than that, you can certainly try to stand out with product, meaning you are just developing something that is maybe outstanding or unique or promises some gains for people that are investing in your product. Yeah. Um, and this is certainly something that can uh, make your uh, project very successful in the NFT space still, even though there's maybe just a few uh, million dollars trade every day. 
Certainly, certainly. Yeah. And, you know, the last time we spoke, you said something interesting, which is that selling NFTs for arbitrage, that's a very big reason why people buy NFTs. Obviously, they want to invest in the roadmap, but they really buy it so they can resell it later, presumably at a higher price. And you also said this strategy is almost always sustainable or it can be always sustainable. Can you explain this and why this is the case? So I think it's uh, also uh, like macroeconomic or any other tradable product when it's not a consumable, but maybe something like gold or something. It's the value of gold is really just like people believe that gold will have a value at some point, right? So at certain times, people believe it will have more value than the US dollar. Um, and in other times, people will take the money out of gold and because believe dollar goes up and so on, right? So there's always those dynamics in, in any market. And with NFTs or any other crypto product that is tradable, um, the same thing happens. Some people will believe a certain product or um, a certain NFT collection will have more value than other NFT collections and they will start investing and trading those items and they will brag about it and they will talk about it and they will share it with other people um, because this will obviously um, to make more people believe that this product has a value and make more people invest in it. So this will automatically again increase the value of the NFT, for example. So it's really a lot about belief um, if something works or not when it comes to arbitrage yeah. trading. Sure, certainly, right. And something else that I would imagine is important when advertising and marketing enters the picture is attribution and tracking. Uh, can you tell us about what the current state of tracking and attribution is? How did you guys actually go about tracking and attributing uh, you know, some of the uh, marketing campaigns you did? And also how you envision this landscape evolving as we move forward? Mm -hmm. When we released our platform wallet ads, where we basically promote FTs in people's wallets. So um, it's basically something where we airdrop, it's also another term from that space. We send uh, free NFT art, let's say, into people's digital wallets. Um, and they will be able to see those um, in their um, OpenSea platforms or wherever. But these are ads, right? We are promoting something there. We are promoting our own NFT collection, for example, or a client's NFT collection. So people will log in on OpenSea. They will connect their wallet. Um, they will see the ad. They will click on it. They will go to the website. They will buy uh, the NFT that we've promoted where they also have to connect their wallet, right? Sure. So in traditional advertising, um, you would say, okay, this is like a clickable link. It has a UTM parameter. It sends you to your Google Analytics and somehow you will be able to track that, right? Um, so this traditional tracking works to some extent with its limitations and so on. Now with a promotion, like with wallet ads, for example, we know the wallet IDs, right? So we know uh, your wallet ID, for example. I don't know that it's you as a person, but I know you are. it's anonymous, right? In that moment, we send you an ad. I know it's your ID. Then you click on the ad, you convert on my NFT page. And again, you connect your wallet ID and I will see exactly that. So the linking between the wallet IDs is basically the same as an advertising ID or on iOS, the IDFA or similar to sure, that. Sure. Yeah. Right. And just 
using wallet ID as almost a unique identifier can be a good way to find tracking and attribution. Uh, Absolutely. Also, if I imagine, for example, Instagram, unfortunately, they depreciated it again, but let's say for the fantasy game here, if they continued collecting NFT avatar uh, or people that are uploading the NFTs uh, by connecting their wallets, um, Meta would have a huge portion of wallet IDs, which they then could match with people that are buying on other websites uh, using the same wallet IDs, right? And it's blockchain technology. All the information is public. You wouldn't even need to have a meta pixel on your website or anything anymore because you could just trace it uh, on the public available um, databases. So yeah. meta would have had a good chance to collect additional information from all Web3 users. Um, yeah. And let's face it, the space will grow. It won't die, right? Um, so the yeah. future of attribution and tracking could be Web3, in fact. Yeah, certainly, right? And uh, obviously very early days. And I'm certainly curious to see how all of this shapes up. Yeah. Henri, I think we've covered a lot of ground today. Uh, and it's certainly very fascinating. Uh, so I find it always fascinating to talk to folks like you who are deep in the trenches who actually worked on actual projects uh, with Web3. Uh, so this has been very interesting for me to learn. Uh, but as we sign off and go from here, can you tell folks how can they find out more about you, your work and everything you do? Sure, I think the easiest way is to find me on LinkedIn and uh, just connect with me. I'm always happy to chat about anything related to Web3, advertising, digital marketing, crypto, uh, these kind of things. So um, happy to connect. Excellent, we'll connect to your LinkedIn. And if you have any other links you wanna promote, we are happy to put that in the show notes as well. Uh, but it's a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for being on the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. If any of this was helpful or instructive, I would love for you to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. This podcast takes a ton of time, effort, and love to produce and I deeply value every review and every piece of feedback that you share.